1: Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and this is actually a solo episode. My usual co host, Drew Silva, is enjoying a nice vacation, um, but he will be back soon enough. So, this week I am flying solo, and this is a special mailbag episode. So, uh, I asked for questions from you guys on Twitter, and you guys delivered Um, With some good stuff, which I think will be uh, relevant to uh, most of you guys. So, um, I hope we have some fun with this, and uh, we have several questions uh, to get to. So, I'm gonna dig right into this from the beginning here. Question from Greg uh, on Twitter. So, he asked, Is Manny Machado a sell-high candidate, or can we expect this level of production for the rest of the season? Well, Machado was hitting 238 on June 11th. just a little over two weeks ago. Since then, he's hitting .456 with a 500 on base percentage. That's over the course of 13 games, and this is going into play on Thursday. Seven homers, six doubles, 16 RBIs, 18 runs scored in that time, so just ridiculous numbers. He's now batting .280 with a .358 on base percentage on the year, so uh, it's basically pulled his batting average up by you know 40 to 50 points in, in just a couple of weeks Um, His OPS has increased from 723 to 858 during that time and if you remember strikeouts were a real issue for Machado in the early part of the season but he struck out in just 16.1% of his plate appearances during this recent surge. Of course he also has a 475 batting average on balls in play during this time so you have to think this is going to even out at least a little bit. So the way I look at it here is he's not as good as he is right now but he's not as bad as he was earlier in the season. So I'm going to throw out the numbers we got used to at Cannon Yards. I mean, that's just unrealistic, given the hitter-friendly home ballpark there. He's just not in that situation anymore. But I'm going to use what he did with the Dodgers last year as sort of my benchmark moving forward. 13 homers, 825 OPS in 66 games. Still very, very good, but not quite elite. And I think that's basically what we were expecting coming into the year. Maybe, Greg, you can try to sell him on, you know, getting comfortable and adjusting and, and all that kind of stuff from a narrative perspective and get something really nice in return, but I don't see this as a desperate sell high situation either. Machado is very good. Our next question here is from the real D Guar. And he asks, uh, Luzardo or Manaya, meaning Jesus Luzardo or Sean Manaya with the athletics, potentially help my rotation in the second half. Need a boost in the rotation and looking under rocks for what is coming back. There are definitely names to watch for sure. I actually consider Manaya more of a wild card than Luzardo, even though he's more proven. And uh, for one, Manaya is coming back from major shoulder surgery he had last September. He actually threw four innings in a simulated game last Thursday and was expected to progress to an official minor league rehab assignment this week. But then the A's pulled him back after he came down with some discomfort in his side. And obviously, when you hear side, you think possible oblique issue, right? But um, there hasn't been any clarification on that, um, at least as of last check on Thursday afternoon. So in any case, it seems like a return around the All-Star break might be a little ambitious at this point. Meanwhile, with Lizardo, he was making another rehab start Thursday with AAA Las Vegas Thursday night. So a little bit after I'm recording here. Uh, Luzardo threw 61 pitches in his last start in AAA. He gave up two runs in three to third innings. Um, so she, he should be pretty well stretched out after Thursday. It's just a matter of when the A's think he's ready to make an impact at the major league level. And if you remember, Luzardo had a ton of buzz this spring and looked like he could make the opening day rotation before he went down with a muscle strain in his throwing shoulder. But the upside remains immense here. Mid to high 90s fastball, excellent changeup. Luzardum would be my priority over Manaya and I would try to stash him ASAP. Question here from Cow Chad. Uh, he says, I've got a good one. Why is everyone ignoring the year Jason Vargas is having for fantasy purposes? Just 7% rostered on Yahoo. He has a history of being either all the way on or all the way off, and he is certainly on this year. It's a fair point. Uh, I mean, other than Jacob deGrom, Vargas has been The Mets best pitcher this season and that partially sums up where the Mets are right now of course another devastating loss uh, Thursday afternoon uh, Gene Segura with the walk-off Edwin Diaz gives up two homers in the ninth inning and he's just a mess right now too so um, back to Vargas here he struck out 10 batters against the Phillies on Wednesday night and that was after his kerfuffle with the with a reporter earlier in the week so uh, a lot of weird stuff going on with that Mets team but Um, Vargas holds a 3.66 ERA for the year so very respectable he actually has a 2.36 ERA and seven starts since returning from a multi-week stint on the injured list due to hamstring strain so Vargas has been quite serviceable but the reason he isn't getting more love is that the secondary numbers are still quite shaky 16 walks in 42 innings during the seven start stretch with 37 strikeouts so doesn't really stand out in terms of either control or strikeouts, which basically was assumed going into the year. And then you look at a 349 FIP and a 4.61 X FIP in that time. It's just one of those things where we all assume we're eventually going to bail on him and you don't want to be starting him whenever it happens. You know, we've been down this road before and Heck, with the way the Mets' bullpen's going, it's not like Vargas is in a great position for a win anyway. So I'd say just skip him in standard mixed leagues. Probably we've already seen his best stretch this season, and that's how I look at it. Uh, question from Nick V. Uh, can Jacoby Jones with the Tigers keep up at the pace he's been on over the last few weeks or so? And, and Jones is interesting. I think it might sneak up on folks how good he's been recently. He's still out there in 96% of Yahoo leagues after all, but Jones is batting 340 with five homers, 15 RBIs, four steals, and 15 runs scored over his last 28 games, so um, really impressive numbers and just solid numbers across the board. He's vaulted to the leadoff spot in the Tigers batting order in recent days. Now, it should be said that he has a 446 batting average on balls in play in that time, while Also, striking out in 27.3% of his plate appearances. So that's going to even out a little bit. Still, what I find really interesting about Jones is that he really has few peers in terms of average exit velocity and hard hit percentage. According to Baseball Savant, he's in the 87th percentile for average exit velocity and even better in the 89th percentile for hard hit percentage. So you'll love to see that with a possible pickup, especially one who's so widely available. I think. 250 is where you set your expectations as far as a batting average moving forward. Um, You know, he struck out quite a bit in the minors as well. So um, we have to be a little bit realistic here, but he's certainly capable of providing a useful power speed combo. And the at-bats should be there with a rebuilding team too. So there's that. There should be a leash there with the Tigers. So available in, as I said earlier, 96% of Yahoo leagues. So um, even some deeper leagues, Jones could still be out there. So um yeah, I think that's a, that's a good idea and, and makes her a solid pickup in that sort of format. Uh, moving on here to a question from Jonathan. Just traded Corbin, Gray, McNeil, Braun for Bregman and Hira. I think Gray probably means John Gray. Uh, could mean Sonny Gray. Um, but either way, he says, Rotisserie League 5x5 five five innings limit. I'm top three in all pitching categories. On pace for too many innings. Did I give up too much? And I know this is a very specific trade question, um, but for a second I just wanted to talk a bit more broadly about these kind of trades and you know, when you start thinking, did I give up too much, did I win this trade, etc.? And this is an interesting thing that I like to talk about when evaluating trades. I think there's too much focus on winning trades in a vacuum. You really need to let go of that sort of thing and just focus on the needs for your roster. Um, for instance, does it really matter if you traded Corbin and Gray if you're cruising in the pitching categories and, as you said, uh, Jonathan will run into an innings limit? Maybe the person you traded with is on the fringes of competing, so it won't really matter if you gave up Corbin and Gray. Meanwhile, Bregman and Hira could give a legitimate boost to an area where you're lacking. Um, so, without knowing the full extent of your roster, Jonathan, I, I generally think you did okay. Bregman is an early round sort of talent in, in mixed leagues, and I think here we'll have a big impact during the second half. I'll, I'll talk about here a little bit later during the show. And as good as McNeil has been from a batting average perspective, he's probably not going to be a big counting stats guy. Um, and Ryan Braun is, is fine and serviceable as well, but certainly not the elite player he was in the past, so it's a little easier to replace that production than it's been in the past. So uh, I really think you did fine. and. Um, I get these sort of questions all the time. People asking, Did I win this trade? It doesn't matter. You know, a two for two trade, it, it doesn't matter. Unless it's something that's way out of whack, um, it's hard for me to really evaluate it without knowing your category needs and, you know, the full extent of your roster. So don't focus too much on just the uh, winning in a vacuum part of trades. Question here from CB. I swear I am not on drugs, but I can I'm considering picking up Homer Bailey in a twelve team head to head league. Am I crazy? I hear you, C (laughs) B. Well, there's a good reason for at least considering it. Bailey has allowed just one run combined over his last three starts, seventeen strikeouts, six walks in nineteen innings during that time. You can take or leave matchups against the Tigers and Mariners, but his last start was against the Twins, so Impressive to hang in there with another good start. Bailey's strikeout percentage is up from where it was last year, batters aren't making as much hard contact, so there's reason to have at least a little bit of optimism, even though I wouldn't get too crazy. Go ahead and use Bailey against the Blue Jays next time out. He gets them Saturday in Toronto. Maybe even roll with him against the Indians to finish out the first half, but it's really a start to start thing. It's it's a limited pool of teams where I'd really roll with Bailey, but. Uh, these next two matchups are, are pretty good, so uh, CB, I think you're you're on the right track, but just don't get too attached. Question from Austin. this will wrap up our questions in this episode. Who's taking Framber Valdez's spot in the Astros rotation? And another question from him, when will we be seeing Brandon McKay and Keston Hira in the majors? The first thing on Valdez, I'm not sure there's anything official yet as of Thursday afternoon. Valdez, of course, was optioned after his start on Wednesday. It was another rough one for him, this time against the Pirates, six runs allowed in three innings. That fifth spot still unsettled for Houston, and it will be interesting to see if they are in the market for a starting pitcher leading up to the trade deadline. They have some really interesting pieces, including Kyle Tucker, who would make for a great change of scenery, guy, especially if you're hoping for short-term value in fantasy leagues. He's blocked at the moment, but a trade would really open things up for him. Uh, anyway, Colin McHugh or Josh James would appear to be the most likely options. I think James makes more sense given how the Astros have used him uh, a little bit closer to stretched out. Uh, McHugh just returned from injury and he's not close to stretched out yet. Uh, and he struggled in a starting role this year. So I'm guessing he stays in the bullpen. So it's James for me. He would probably be my priority stash, but uh, definitely keep in mind the possibility of a trade. As for Hira and McKay, McKay was actually just added as a pitcher in Yahoo. He was previously only available as a hitter, but the pitcher version is what you want in fantasy leagues. Yahoo handled this like they did with Shohei Otani, uh, making a separate player under the hitter category and another one for pitcher. Um, McKay was rostered in about 10% of Yahoo leagues as of Thursday afternoon, but I think it should be higher for sure, especially with the news this week of Tyler Glasnow's setback. Uh, very unfortunate, Um, but you have to think McKay will have some sort of role during the second half. The Rays certainly have ways to get creative. We see that all the time, so I'm not sure how this will go, but uh, you have to stash on upside alone. McKay has a sick 1-2-2 ERA with 88 strikeouts and just 15 walks in 66 and two-thirds innings this year between double and triple-A. Stash now, worry about the rest later. He can make a huge impact. As for Hira, I actually led with him in Wafer Wired on Thursday. That's my big weekly column on rotoworld.com. Uh, so go ahead and check that out if you haven't already, make it a part of your weekly routine. Hira just keeps mashing in AAA since being sent down earlier this month. He's hitting 321 with a 401 on base percentage and a 655 slugging percentage, eight home runs in 20 games. Just nothing left to prove in AAA. Meanwhile, Travis Shaw is batting just 174 with two homers and a 635 OPS since coming back. I understand why the Brewers wanted to give him some more leash, uh, especially with what he's done in the previous two years, but if they are serious about winning this year, Hira needs to be in there on a regular basis. And Hira was still available in 75% of Yahoo leagues as of Thursday morning. Get on that, make sure he's stashed. Even if we have to wait a few more days, heck, after the All-Star break, make it happen try to find room i think here it can make a huge impact in that lineup in stadium even with the strikeout concerns we've already seen he can hit for power in the majors so um he could be an exciting guy uh for the second half
0: and that will wrap things up with our questions for this week it's this actually the second time i've recorded this outro because it turns out that kestamira and brendan mckay are on their way to the majors Uh, So very appropriate that uh, I actually got that question. So uh, McKay will make his Major League debut on Saturday against the Rangers. Obvious must pick up, so take care of that. Keston here is on his way back to the Majors uh, immediately. uh, And Travis Shaw has been demoted to AAA. So you know what to do with those guys. Make sure they're both stashed away in basically all formats, both really exciting and uh, could be difference makers the rest of the way so thank you for all the questions this week Um, i wish i could get to more of them but uh, i try to be as available as possible um, whether it's through our twitch chats or on instagram i usually take over the rotor world instagram account every tuesday to answer fantasy questions and I'm also on Twitter at DJ Short, so uh, lots of ways to track me down um, if you have fantasy baseball questions. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and also rate and review. makes a huge difference uh, just in terms of people being able to find the show, uh, and we are trying to spread the word about the show as much as we can, so anything you can do there uh, would be much appreciated. Until next time.